Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head to head. This week's topic of debate is a ranking style challenge to determine the best movie in Tim Burton's filmography. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Today, we are joined by an up and coming artist, entrepreneur, and video editor, my college roommate, Joshua Colors Spanier. Creating a rank here. We're looking at Tim Burton, who's probably one of the most prolific filmmakers of, of all time, or at least of most recent time. Our special guest today is one of my all-time favorite people, Mr. Joshua Spanier, or Colors, as you may know him. Ooh, hello. Colors, why do you think we brought you on for the uh, Tim Burton episode? Tim Burton is one of my biggest inspirations, and I don't watch like a lot of movies, but I love watching Tim Burton movies just because I find them mostly interesting, and they have like music in them a lot of the times too, so that's like a good switch up. Absolutely, and you're quite the artist yourself, and later in the show, we will be uh, interviewing you just a little bit, help you promote No Sleep Club, things like that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Thank you. I just got to say, you're a huge inspiration to me, and I'm glad we're having you on for this episode. Well, that's fire. I appreciate it. Jory, I don't think you've ever kicked off one of these episodes before. Whoa. I have not. What is your number 19, your lowest rated Tim Burton movie? My number 19 is, without hesitation, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Oof. I agree. Y'all have vetoes, right? Okay, I veto this. You're vetoing off the bat. Yeah. Remember, you can only do this once. Yeah, I'm vetoing this. And you want to nominate Dumbo here instead? Yeah, definitely. Dumbo, as the cartoon, was like an 11 out of 10 movie. That movie was so interesting and like, I don't know, the animation was really cool and I felt like it captivated me a lot. Like, not even as a, a child, but I watched it again when I was older. And then the new one, I saw it and that was like the biggest letdown I've ever had with a movie. Yeah, I agree with you to a certain extent. I really do think Dumbo is massively disappointing and I do think it is one of Tim Burton's worst movies. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children felt like it could have been directed by any fucking asshole. Like, it didn't even feel like a Burton movie at all. There's nothing cool in it. Yeah, that, that's kind of true. They just had weird, like, powers or whatever. Yeah, it was like a bad X-Men movie. The only scene that I genuinely, like, felt creative was when the invisible monsters were walking towards the kids and they used, like, the feathers and shit to, like, make them visible in the snow. It feels like a mix of the X-Men and Peter Pan. <laughs> To me, uh, the reason that I feel so comfortable putting Miss Peregrine down so low here is that not all of Tim Burton's movies are great, and Dumbo is also one of them that I would feel comfortable being like fairly low. That movie, to me, it still feels like a Tim Burton movie, but it feels like Tim Burton just did not want to make it. It feels like the entire time he was just exhausted and he was like, uh, yeah, whatever, fine. It's a check. But Miss Peregrine's? I have no idea where he was. I completely agree with Nate. This doesn't even feel like a Tim Burton movie. Like, none of his, like, signature quirky style was there at all. I agree with that. I hated this movie. I saw it for free, and I still felt like I wasted my time. Do we want to take it to a vote uh, over Miss Peregrine's or Dumbo here for the number 19, the worst Tim Burton movie spot? My decision's been persuaded. I just needed to get my frustration out on Dumbo. I don't like it. It's all right. I, I think there's more time to talk about Dumbo in the near future. Spaniard, do you want to tell us about your theater experience? Because it sounded like that was like your biggest issue. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. 
Wait, did you, did you rewatch the wrong Planet of the Apes for this shit? Well, no, dude, I didn't have to rewatch this one. I, that was like burned into my memory. Like, that was a good movie, the first one, at least. Like, the one that we. Not the one we're talking about here. My apologies. We're talking about Tim Burton's 1999 remake of Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg. As somebody who's already said on this uh, show before how much I adored the original Planet of the Apes. This movie felt so unnecessary. They made so many wacky choices. And then when there was a possibility of a second movie, Tim Burton was like, fuck no. So even Tim Burton even saw the writing on the wall here. Planet of the Apes, I, I don't love them, the at least the original ones, as much as you do, Josh. But I do really think that those are some of the greatest sci-fi movies uh, ever conceptualized. Tim Burton was you know, given the ability to remake them. I thought it was going to fix a lot of the uh, like the makeup and the special effects and things that were really dated from those ones that I really love. The makeup does look good. The makeup is fucking awesome in the remake of The Planet of the Apes. Everything else is a giant step down because they take this really complex narrative and boil it down to like a really stupid action movie. I could see a case for it being a little bit higher over some of his other remakes. Can't get Ape Lincoln out of my head. Oh, wait, I just found that. Damn, that's funny. <laughs> 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 yeah didn't he want to like didn't he try to up the ante with the twist that like they were still like living in the world or something like what was even the mindset there beyond me dude i did not work on this movie surprisingly <laughs> oh my god they on the movie. did they repeat history or did they rewrite it they would have had to repeat it right i i don't know <laughs> I hate this movie sucks. The iconic twist at the end of the original Planet of the Apes is probably just as well known as the movie itself. And when you like try to up that and you just fall flat on your face and it raises more questions than answers, like that's a straight up, you shit your pants, go home. <laughs> you tried Tim Burton, but I, I really think this is the first big blemish on his on his uh rap sheet in my opinion this was the first movie he truly failed yeah this was the first of a couple of reboots that just didn't work i would love to have a conversation though with someone who like likes that movie a lot does it have a cult following it does it does have a cult following but it's kind of in that same ironic cult following as like battlefield earth with john travolta <laughs> it's like an ironic cult following you know so the planet of the apes 1999 guys aren't coming at us with like 200 iq takes <laughs> <laughs> no 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 they're like cut your stinking hands off me you damn dirty human now to you colors what is your number 17 or any movie that's lower that you think belongs here um i guess big eyes you you wanted to put dumbo at number 19 that can still go here at number 17 it's a movie that's lower on your list that hasn't been talked about yet mm. yeah don't yeah i feel like dumbo is definitely worse than big eyes i agree I think 17 is a fine spot for Dumbo. It's very close to where I have it. I have Dumbo a little bit higher, but it's just not worth a veto because I also don't think it's very good. Yeah, I ha I'm in the same spot as Josh here. Mine is, mine is lower. Damn, you have Dumbo lower. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so this is just kind of off of what you guys told me. So we're fine with Dumbo at number 17? Yeah. At the end of Dumbo, they all start flapping their ears off into the clouds. Uh, colors what is your favorite moment in dumbo the remake say something nice about dumbo right now <laughs> <laughs> okay um i think when they were like training dumbo like when they took him to the circus and he was like trying to train with the lady i, don't know, I feel like that was cool when he was like swaying through the trapeze 
stuff like that. Like there was like some key moments there. It was like, oh, okay, he's like becoming stronger with his ears or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely think that Ava Green puts in a pretty good performance in this movie. I just wish it was written better. I really like how sad Dumbo looks in the clown makeup. <laughs> <laughs> it is some Joker shit. I just feel like this movie has such a great cast in like Colin Farrell, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton, like there's some great actors in this movie and literally nothing happens. And that's why I thought it would be really good. And my expectations were pretty high. I was like, Tim Burton doing Dumbo is going to be some hot topic shit. Yeah. Shit's going to be real here. And literally nothing happened. It is one of the most forgettable Disney remakes. I completely forgot what that um, the bubble scene even looked like. Like in the cartoon version, I can vividly rewatch that in my head. But like, oh, with like the pink elephants. Yeah, like that was so lame at the circus. Like it did not come through. The the new one is like two years old, and it's completely out of my memory. And no, is that old? That's crazy. Yeah, Dumbo the original came out in 1941. Oh my. Also, the mother like going away scene was far more heartbreaking in the cartoon than in the in this movie. It happens very quickly in the remake. Alden, what is your number 16? So my 16 is Big Eyes. Yeah. I think I'm going to veto that. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't seen Big Eyes, so I didn't want to veto it, but I know that's a hot take. I get what you're kind of saying with Big Eyes in that it's a Tim Burton movie that in, the, in a lot of same ways with Miss Peregrine's doesn't really feel like a Tim Burton movie. It feels like it could could have been done by anyone. But I found a lot of enjoyment in the movie Big Eyes, and I thought I had a really gripping story and a couple of good performances. The movies that I have lower than it, and there is quite a bit of movies that we haven't talked about yet that I do have lower than Big Eyes. I have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory here at number 16. Oh my god. What? Dude, why? No. It is a giant step down in a lot of ways from a movie that is 35 years older than it. At least Big Eyes was an original based on a true story. I thought it was the first time that Tim Burton kind of showed that he was capable of directing something out of his comfort zone in over a decade. When this is coming out in his career, Big Eyes was a step forward for me, whereas Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was part of his downward spiral that really blows. Uh. I feel like if you want Big Eyes to go somewhere else, you're gonna have to pick something other than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, that is my veto, and someone else can veto it, but that's what I'm putting. I enjoy Charlie and the Chocolate Factory a little bit, but I think that this is far too low for it. I think it could go a little bit higher, but Big Eyes, I think, also deserves to go higher, but I don't think that the right argument to get rid of Big Eyes here is that the bottom of the list needs more variety. We're at number 16, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at 14. It's not terribly high on my list, so I'm not going to veto. Okay, I won't veto either. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is so much higher for me. Yeah, I really enjoy that movie. I can't tell you with a straight face that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is a better movie than Big Eyes. Yeah, I don't think either of these should be here. I feel like the itself just makes you giggle, and like that itself is better than Big Eyes. Fan, you're rather, why do, what don't you like about Big Eyes? What makes it unenjoyable to you? And it's not that it was unenjoyable. It just, like, didn't, like, tickle me in any type of way. Like, it wasn't, like, cool enough to me. I don't know. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, bro, like, I've seen that, like, five times, and I laugh still. The Oompa Loompas are hilarious. Like, Charlie is funny. Like, the fat kid is fun. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot of, I, I just feel like there's a lot of better parts Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, or not better, but I guess more memorable. Yeah. What do you think about, uh, what do you think about Johnny Depp's performance as Willy Wonka? 
I liked him because he was really creepy and it was like offsetting like the first couple times I watched it, especially when I was little. I was like a little scared. Let's be real, this dude is a child murderer. Yeah, it was it was really weird, but Yeah, he exudes some big Michael Jackson energy. Like I thought he was gonna offer me on a trip to Hawaii or something. I thought that was definitely intentional. Yeah, for sure. That's why I think it was so cool, because I'm like really doing it as we're the big eyes it just like didn't push me enough in like any type of direction do you like the musical numbers in charlie and the chocolate factory i personally love them i think they're fine i don't think that any of them are a standout as the standouts in the original movie but i think that they're fine i love the main i love the main score that's something we need to talk about danny elfman has delivered on tim burton when tim burton hasn't delivered on tim burton danny elfman has to be one of the greatest music composers of all time and he does so many of tim burton's movies it sounds uh it sounds like i'm the tiebreaker on this one let, let yeah let's let's cast a vote officially so we got alden and colors going with charlie and the chocolate factory needs to go higher and me and Josh are saying that Big Eyes needs to go higher. Jory, which movie do you think needs to go higher on this list? Personally, I think both of these movies need to go higher. I haven't seen Big Eyes, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. And I do enjoy Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'm not offended by it. So uh, I guess I'm going to vote for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on this one. I know that there's a lot of hate for this movie. And when you look at it in comparison to the original, I can see where you're coming from. So I guess it's fine down here. So number 16 is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yes. <laughs> so many songs. Is it too late to veto? Yes. Alden, where, where is it on your list? Don't even worry about it. You'll hear it at the end. But you'll hear it at the end. Please, where is it? It's second place. Wow. Holy shit. You should veto. Unless you guys don't like Dark Shadows, there's no point. We're missing a couple of movies that should be down here, guys. Dark Shadows was kind of whack. Dude, my 16 through 14, I have not seen any of them. So. Okay, so let's move on to 15 before we get too wrapped up. My number 15 here is Dark Shadows. I agree. Yeah. It's my number 11, but... I don't want a veto because it's not in my top ten, so it just doesn't feel doesn't feel worth a veto to me. That's the only place that we do. Ve oh, I get what you mean. Never mind. Yeah. So in theory, I really like Dark Shadows because I feel like it's the start of these uh, remakes of intellectual properties that uh, Tim Burton did that he actually did care about. Dark Shadows was like a long running spoof of soap operas with a character being a vampire, and I do think there is a lot of love in what he does with this movie. And I do like this movie. And that's kind of a testament to Tim Burton as a whole is these are now we're, we're looking into the movies that I actually do enjoy. Now that we've gotten Charlie and the Chocolate Factory out of the way, God. these movies are actually worth watching. <laughs> and Dark Shadows is the first of them, in my opinion. I wouldn't say Dark Shadows is worth watching, but... <laughs> I like Dark Shadows. I think there's a lot of charm to it, and it's really funny. I think it's fine. I just, I remember seeing it, but I don't remember anything about it. I think I remember the scene where he's, like, rolling around the walls with that lady. Yeah, it was, like, a sex scene, but it wasn't a sex scene. It was really awkward. And the joke about how uh, Chloe Grace Moretz asks if he was stoned. I think a lot of people saw trailers for that movie and thought it was going to be, like, The Addams Family. That's kind of what I thought. And, like, that's just not what dark shadows is and i think a lot of people got mixed up yeah i think that was the expectation going in for the audience and i think that's why it was kind of perceived in a weird way what's your take on uh dark shadows colors um it wasn't super interesting to me like 
I know. I, I just seen that's Johnny Depp, right? Yeah, dude. Johnny Depp just has a lot of other better roles that I appreciate a lot more than that. So I don't know. That's why it's like low for me. Like Willy Wonka. <laughs> like, I, dude, bro. I think he did Sweeney Todd a lot better than that guy. <laughs> that is quite a bit higher. <laughs> That's honestly kind of what I'm waiting for, for somebody to say it. Yeah, so everyone cool with Dark Shadows number 15? Yeah. yeah. All right, Burger King Foot Lettuce. I was waiting for that, bro. The last thing you'd want in your Tim Burton movie is a 1960s television show that makes fun of soap operas. But that's exactly what you're gonna get. When audiences were treated to this 2011 romp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number 14... There's a movie down here that we have not yet spoken about, and it might be controversial, but it is The Corpse Bride. Oh my god, you're folding. Yeah. I'm so sorry, but the last time I rewatched this movie, like, the red-tinted glasses completely fell away, and it was not what I remembered it being when I was a kid. 14. I'm gonna veto this. All right, Alden's using his veto. Alden, what movie are you putting in the place of uh, fucking Corpse Bride at number 14? Uh, I'm going to say Big Fish. Uh, oh, no. Oh, my God. Josh, please save me. You guys don't have to cry if you guys both vote for Corpse Bride. It was cool. Big Fish was cool, but, bro, Corpse Bride is higher than Big Fish for me. For sure. uh, Josh. <laughs> Kubis, use your veto. <laughs> Don't you turn on me now, too. We're only at number 14, correct? Yes. There's still so many spots left. There's only three. We need you. Why do you save your veto until number 11 every time? Yeah, Josh, what's up with that? I have a movie that's sitting at number 17 that nobody has talked about yet because I think it's kind of a hot take. Why don't you just say it? All right, I'm going to veto. It's Pee-wee's Big Adventure. No! No! What are you guys doing? These are three good Tim Burton movies, you fuckheads. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Of those three, I have to vote for Corpse Bride because it's the only one not in my top ten. I'm walking away from my microphone. Can I take away my veto? Can I take away my veto? No. <laughs> I did it. I have the least bad take. <laughs> Jesus, I'm not voting for it. That's okay. And I'm really sorry, Colors, because this is a movie I really like and does not deserve to be this low. But I'm saying Corpse Bride. Who else? Where are you guys? Uh, Big Fish. No, I put Big Fish there. I'm confused. So is that two votes for Big Fish, two votes for Corpse Bride? Jory, what do you vote? I, uh, I'm i the one that put up Corpse Bride. Oh, you're the one that put Corpse Bride. I started this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Fuck you. you. So I can't take away my veto? No. No! So I'm going to vote for Pee-wee, and you're going to have to find a tiebreaker. Josh, you are the tiebreaker, because there are two votes for each. Point of my veto. Because <laughs> you fucked yourself by saying a good movie, you dumbass. Sorry, I told you... I told you before this stream that I don't like Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, I didn't think that. I, I thought you not liking Pee Wee Herman meant like it was number 11. And I'm like, that's fine. But no, putting it at number 17 on a list like this is a straight up jackass clown take. You look like Dumbo right now in general, bro. Oh, what the clown? Is Dumbo going to be the clown icon this episode? All right, Nate, if I look like a clown, mmm. No, don't you fucking say it, because you know it's not true. <laughs> Josh is 
together. Big fish. Oh my god, we're only on number 14. Oh my god, you guys put big fish at number 14. This is worse than Toy Story 2 going at number 4. This is worse than Toy Story 1 not making the top 10. I'm actually pissed off. You fuckheads put Big Fish at number 14 on the Tim Burton list? Sorry, bud. I didn't know Corpse Bride was going to be that controversial. I'm so sorry. Josh Kubis, you are up with number 13. You're going to say fucking Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee's Big Adventure? No. Oh, my God. And guess what? I don't think anyone has a fucking veto left, so we're... I do. (laughs) Oh, thank Christ, Jory's alive. Veto, Corpse Bride. (laughs) Oh my god. No. You just vetoed Corpse Bride again? Yes, I did. Guys, there are worse movies still yet to go. What are you doing? Yeah, dude, we did not talk about Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks was a shithole. Uh, What about fucking Alice in Wonderland? Like... Yeah, Alice in Wonderland. I low-key enjoyed Alice in Wonderland. I mean, I do too, but not above these movies. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is a classic. Alice in Wonderland is so ugly. It's above both of these movies for me. Oh my god, Alton. But the Batman movie way lower, bro, where they kick the shark. <laughs> Wait, that's, <laughs> that's not on this one, bro. The Batman on here is 1989 with Jack Nicholson, not the Adam West one. Wait, Batman Returns? That one too. And it's the one that com- came out before Batman Returns. That one has to be my favorite Batman, I, I probably think. I think we'll get there when we get there. It's Pee-wee's Big Adventure or Corpse Bride, if I'm not mistaken. My vote's with Corpse Bride again. I'm gonna have to say Corpse Bride. There we go. Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride at number 13. Holy shit. Okay, can we actually talk about the movies themselves and not the ranking? I don't know. I feel like both halves of the movie are a little lackluster. And I feel like the only time that I really like start to care about it again is like the very end where they almost kill the dude that's like going to marry the woman that he was betrothed to before he disappeared. But I think that in general, the like underworld stuff isn't as good as the stuff in I hate to bring this movie up because it's not on the list, Nightmare Before Christmas. But um, also the, like, Land of the Living stuff, I don't really care for. It's very drab, and I get that that's what the style of the movie is, because, like, the World of the Dead is very colorful and all that, but I just don't enjoy Corpse Bride that much as an adult. I just feel like Corpse Bride is everything I wanted Coco to be, but, like, a decade before Coco, and way more, like, dark and moody, and invoking the tone of truly encapsulating the afterlife corpse bride was also my number 13 colors what's your defense for corpse bride i know you like this movie a lot more than most of us yeah i just love that movie because it felt like a cool parallel to nightmare before christmas aspects and like you were saying earlier about how tim burton like owns the gothic after death aesthetic so i don't know like that movie is just perfectly encapsulates that feeling for me this is we get there when we get there, but I feel like what you guys are all saying about the positives of Corpse Bride being in, like, the aesthetic of, like, the afterlife and stuff, uh, I think that the number one movie on here for a lot of us is the movie that does that the best. I watched this movie before I fell in love, and it was good, and then I watched it after I fell in love, and it was even better, I think. I feel like they had, like, the writing there and the relationship between them was really cool. Yeah, I agree with that. In terms of animated movie characters, like, the chemistry is really good in Corpse Bride. Even, like, Nightmare Before Christmas, everyone, like, ships the fuck out of Jack and Sally, but I feel like... Yeah, but that's not a real thing. Yeah, that shit comes out of nowhere. I 100% agree with you, Colors, that that chemistry kind of carries the movie. Yeah, that's very valid. 
All right. So number 13, Corpse Bride. We're moving on to number 12. I think Alden is up. What's your number 12? Mars Attacks is my next lowest. Yeah, I hear that. I have Mars Attacks quite a bit higher than this, but I think we are all out of vetoes. We are straight out of vetoes. I'm kind of upset with this placing. I do have it a fair bit higher, but at the same time, I do understand from a mainstream perspective why Mars Attacks doesn't work. But I do think it has a lot to love in it. And I think the Danny Elfman score is actually one of Elfman's best. <clears throat> I mean, I think most of these movies just have a lot to love in them, except like a few of them, but still. Mars Attacks for me, I was like, whole time i'm watching this i'm asking myself why did this game made and how did this game made <laughs> exactly like all the other movies on this list i could like see the potential or like the idea behind it but this one i was just like, oh my god what's happening nice planet we'll take it tom jones tim burton knocks it out of the park i mean i think after watching this movie it makes sense why Hollywood thought he was the go-to guy for like atmospheric remakes. You look at all these movies that are at the bottom of our list with Miss Peregrine's through Dark Shadows. I mean, these are all movies that are based on someone else's intellectual property that he screwed up. True. But I digress. Number 12, Mars Attacks. Nothing we can do. This is my number six. Yeah, it's my number eight. It was my number seven. So we split the difference. Why are we the way we are? Damn it, Nate, now we need a better system than Vito's because of this. What is your number 11? Okay, I didn't see Frankenweenie, but I'm looking at Google Images, and it looks really nice. <laughs> if you like the corpse bride, I feel like you'll really like Frankenweenie. Yeah, it's a good yeah, one. It kind, of, it kind of looks like a Coraline, too. I, I would say Frankenweenie is Tim Burton's best animated movie. If you don't count his writing and producing credit in Nightmare Before Christmas. See, Ed Wood was the one where he was the producer, right? The movie producer? Yeah, where he's the movie guy, yeah. yeah that movie was really cool, I think. Alice in Wonderland, I didn't... Like, it was cool, but... We're at number 11? Yes. Yeah. Alice in Wonderland. Oh my god, Josh. I honestly think that that would be fine here. Alice in Wonderland's an ugly fucking... Sorry, but I have to say, Frankenweenie, even though it's probably pretty good, but I, I just haven't seen it, so I don't know. That's fine. Frankenweenie at number 11 is totally acceptable. So number 10, Alice in Wonderland. For the love of God. Batman. Number 11 is Frankenweenie. This is one that I've gone back to a few times in the past and really enjoyed. Oh, like Big Fish? <laughs> nope. <laughs> haven't seen it. There's a few parts in the movie that are just really well done like you said i agree it drags on but i think overall it it's just i have it way higher than this spot so well we're moving into our top 10 before we get there josh it sounds like you need another drink jory i'm sure you could use a breather as well i'm going to take the time to interview my former college roommate and one of my best friends of all time mr joshua spanier aka colors Oof. oh yeah so, uh, Colors, tell me about No Sleep Club. Kind of, what, what is it? What is No Sleep Club? So, my goal or idea of No Sleep Club is to eventually turn into, like, a production company. So, we would take on other work while creating our own, like, I love producing music. I love producing videos. I like producing photos. And I like producing clothing. So, like, and I have friends around me who like to do the same thing. So, that's, like, my goal for it is to, to make money doing that. And I've done so like infrequently and that's nice. But, but like the meaning behind it is, is to just be an ideal that helps me 
kind of progress through my life daily kind of thing. It's like sleep less and do more. So it's kind of just like waking up or realizing like what's around you, like the tools that you do have, just realizing like you, the situation that you are in and just taking advantage of it. So, cause it's really easy to, you know, just stay in bed or to not go to that interview or not make that phone call that you need to do, or just, it's really easy not to do something, but if you're doing something, then you're, that's progression and that's doing well. So sleeping less and doing more is like a huge thing that I preach to myself constantly. And that's what I want the people that are interested in it to also do, because like I just said, if you're doing something, then that's better for the world It's better for you, like to be moving and stuff like that. So no sleep club kind of just encompanies a lifestyle. If, if that's not putting too many words in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Like I just did. Yeah. No, that, that's, a, that's a lot better. Yeah. It's basically just a lifestyle. I, just rambled on because I feel like there's a little backing to it because everyone nowadays there's a new brand made like every 30 seconds and they want to say it's a lifestyle so I, don't know, I just try and like touch on like why it resonates with me and role and why I think it can resonate with a lot of people because at the end of the day it's like we live in a generation where a lot of us are probably night owls anyway and sleep in a little bit you know what I'm saying or just enjoy life anyway wearing no sleep club merch or or, uh, you know, being a part of the collaborative efforts, whether it's helping out with a video or being a photographer or doing whatever it is with that no sleep club thing. It's like all those people's brains kind of link together in a way where it's like, we're going to compromise something to get this done, whether that be sleep, whether that be money, whether that be time, we're giving something up to contribute. And that's something that I find really powerful about what you've done so far. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's the club mentality. You've accomplished a lot. I mean, surprisingly, like it, you, we've had our ups and downs since college. But I mean, you've got great photography on not only your personal Instagram, but I mean, dude, the, the, the No Sleep Club official page is a beautiful gallery of artwork. And then you have your website, too, which is not only a beautiful gallery of artwork, but you can buy some of the shit you see in the photographs. Like that's crazy to me. But yeah, we actually took down the shop for a while just because of like the, I can like just the situation that the world is in right now, the state. And I don't really feel comfortable like pushing a product or like trying to sell something at this point in time, you know, just more of like an observe learning curve right now is what I'm trying to, I'm just trying to take everything in and like move accordingly. I'm not really trying to push a product. You know, the world is hurting economically right now. And a lot of people are hurting individually and personally. So pulling back in 2020 seems to be the thing because everyone was going into this year, like this is our year. I mean, all of us, you know, graduated from college either right before or right after the turn of the year. Like this was supposed to be a big year for a lot of people. How have you traversed that mentally through this time? Going into this year, like you said, I was really headstrong. It was it was going awesome. And then a few things happened in my life where I just had to take the hardest left turn I've ever had to take. That had me down for a while. But like I said, I, I never did nothing. Like I was always trying to do something to change that. Like I said, instead of like pushing myself, like I haven't been on social media in like a couple of weeks, just because I feel like that's like kind of nice for my head. I'm just trying to observe and like learn like what the streets are saying, what the news is saying. Um, I'm listening to my friends more and s instead of like trying to put stuff out into the world, I'm more just like observing and listening like I've been saying and um, kind of just like going through the motions because then I just feel like that's how it's processing in my head better. Like what are you trying to achieve in the next uh, few months as hopefully things with COVID 
and with like race race relations in this country hopefully change for the better i mean it really seems like things are getting better um at least that's what it seemed like to me what are you trying to do with the end of this year so actually like i've never stopped working on clothing i never stopped working on videos i never stopped working on photography i've only stopped like posting about it online because right now like i said with everything going on I've still been trying really hard to improve all of those skills. Over these next couple of months, I, I want to release um, a magazine that I've been working on pretty hard, like digitally, so for free. I'm also working on like uh, a nighttime like visual show kind of thing, kind of like Adult Swim, how they have bumps, like little music. That is about 15 minutes long right now. And so I'm just sitting on that because I may want to like add or delete some things to that uh, when it's time to release. but. So yeah, I'm sitting on that. I'm still in the process of making a magazine to come out in the next few months. And then I also just got a job recently at a cut and sew factory. We actually make like COVID-19 masks. And I've been making masks from like Versace towels and like uh, some Dior hoodies. Holy shit. So they're like the freshest masks. Yeah, like they're really cool. So, and I'm just like learning how to like construct garments and stuff like that. So along with like learning how to construct clothing, dabble in some music a little bit more and then like i said i never stop editing videos like i do that pretty much every single day yeah when the time comes i feel like when stuff is settled down a little bit more then i'll start uh, releasing those things and like hop back online and like say what's up but all right well mad respect i appreciate you and i appreciate the grind i appreciate the the I don't want to say lifestyle again, because I agree with you that it's kind of uh, cliche, but I, I love the uh, mindset that you put in with every decision you make uh, as a brand. And that's something that's really cool. Is there anything we can do to help promote you or plug right now? Is there anything that we can we can do to help with our very small but somewhat active platform? Oh, you can check out Instagram at NX Sleep Club. So it's no sleep club, but the O is at X. The Instagram is pretty cool. There's a bunch of cool photos there. And then the website is in the bio as well. And also, if, like through the website, you can find the YouTube channel, which I post on. And honestly, if you put your email in the website or put the notification bell on YouTube, I don't post too often. Like if you turn on notifications for like any of my social media, you will not get spammed. It'll just be like cool drops when it happens. And hopefully like everything I try and make, I try and make so that it's like longevity, not just like something quick that you'll forget about. You you use the bell differently than a lot of other people. Um, you don't post every day. You don't even post every week. But when you post, it's something to see. So I turned the bell on for everything. And it's so great when I actually like, I see your artwork, I see what you're working on, your photography, your clothes, whatever it is, I get like a direct notification on my phone. And it's not annoying. It's not like the spam emails from that one thing you did a free trial of two years ago. It's like, this man's like hard work, blood, sweat, and tears directly messaged to your phone when it happens. It's really cool. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I'm glad we had you on. I'm glad we're talking about one of your favorite filmmakers. We're getting into the top 10 now. Number 19, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Number 18, Planet of the Apes. Number 17, Dumbo. Number 16, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Number 15, Dark Shadows. Number 14, Big Fish. Number 13, Corpse Bride. Number 12, Mars Attacks. Number 11, Frankenweenie. The movies we have left to discuss in our top 10 is... The movies we have left are Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, 
Ed Wood, Sleepy Hollow, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Alice in Wonderland, and Big Eyes. Alice in Wonderland number 10. I could see Big Eyes going at number 10. I didn't think this would make the top 10 either. Yeah, let's do Big Eyes. I'm good with Big Eyes. I like Alice in Wonderland a little. What? Yeah. I have Big Eyes higher on my list than Alice in Wonderland, but it's not by much. The thing in between them is Corpse Bride, which we've already placed criminally criminally low, so it's fine. Either one can We're go putting here. one of the ugliest movies ever made above Big Eyes? Bruh, what are you talking about? It's already in our top 10, so we've already shit our pants. <laughs> I also think it's kind of ugly, but I, I still like the movie. I saw Alice in Wonderland in 3D, and that shit was mesmerizing when it first came out. That was my Avatar when it came out, because fuck Avatar. I agree completely. Yeah. Me too. Josh, did you say that when it came out in 3D? No, that, that sounds worse. That's why you're saying that. <laughs> I don't want to see that in 3D. That's what you think. I don't want to see Johnny Depp dancing in clown makeup as fucking mad wait, hatter wait 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 so when he gets cast in the fucking the batman sequel you're gonna say you don't want to see him dancing in clown makeup because that's very likely to happen now the man's uncancelled it's pretty likely actually yeah this is a side thing but i don't know if he'd be the best joker i i, he... I don't think he'd be a good joker either but it's looking pretty likely since joaquin phoenix doesn't even want to do joker 2 anymore i mean if they're gonna go with like a more mobster vibe for all the characters like if they're gonna do that with penguin i can see them taking it back to like gangster joker and if he's like another take on the johnny De or not johnny depp the uh, like jack nicholson one but like a little more cleaned up i could see that but okay so him as the mad hatter sucks hot take it's just as bad as willy wonka's performance oh my god no it's not that bad no. what's so bad about it he's just jack sparrow but like 10 times worse i mean that was pretty much his career after uh, pirates of the Caribbean. alice in wonderland is peak out of touch johnny depp no charlie and the chocolate factory is peak out of touch johnny depp i'm also gonna say no i think i agree with Nate here <laughs> i i think charlie and the chocolate factory was the beginning of the end but Alice in Wonderland was like, bro, what is this guy doing? He's such a great actor. Alice in Wonderland is a far superior movie than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. What? I'm so hurt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Colors, you weigh in here. What do you think should happen? I just went pee, so I missed like the last three minutes. Okay, well, right now it's between Big Eyes and Alice in Wonderland. Oh, Big Eyes for sure. Okay. It sounds like Big Eyes is the general consensus here. Yeah, it's four to one. At number nine, do we just want to put uh, Alice in Wonderland or... I really do not. I'm fine putting Alice in Wonderland here, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like every other movie that we have left besides Alice in Wonderland is like essential Tim Burton. I would like all of these movies to go higher than Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland is the only movie left that is not in my top 10. I think it's kind of fitting that it goes in the group's uh, number nine. Alice in Wonderland number nine on this list. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. The movie's really cool. Like, they have what they're shooting in the physical realm, like the props and stuff. And then they have, like, these dramatic backdrops with the sick lighting, and it gives it, like, a crazy depth. Where, like, I think a lot of his other remakes are so flat and not his style. Whereas, like, Alice in Wonderland isn't a great movie, but it's a good Tim Burton movie. I really like it a lot, especially because I'm a huge fan of into the looking glass or whatever and i thought this was a fairly decent job at portraying that 
but yeah i like how it's not technically a remake of the like the iconic disney alice in wonderland it's technically a sequel to that what do y'all have at number eight okay uh i want to say sleepy hollow here i also have sleepy hollow that's my next lowest sleepy hollow and edward scissorhands kind of round up the bottom of my top 10 on my list yeah edward is my number nine i forgot edward scissorhands i could also see here at number eight the only reason i like sleepy hollow more is i feel like it's something that i enjoy going back to kind of like what alden was saying it's a silly movie but it has a lot of the tim burtonisms that i really enjoy whereas edward scissorhands is a better like story and definitely a better johnny depp performance but it's kind of dated in a really weird way unlike a lot of other tim burton's earlier movies where it's like i can't really see myself going back and watching edward scissorhands again just because it feels so like angsty and not even in a good way i gotcha i see what you mean yeah i think edward scissorhands should go here i'm fine with that i personally like edward scissorhands quite a bit more uh to me it's one of like when i think of burton style it's like one of the first movies that i think of so that's why it gets up a little bit higher for me it's certainly fairly iconic i i definitely agree with what you're saying there Edward scissorhands is an awesome watch i think i've only seen it once not and like i agree with you i wouldn't watch it again just because it doesn't have it's a little too angsty i don't know the romance in that movie again i don't i just resonated with edward like a lot i think he had like a cool I just think he handled everything really cool in that movie like he's a cool character yeah and winona ryder is great yeah oh my god she's like a crush too for as angsty and misunderstood as like edward's character is i love all of the scenes with him because he's just so fun to watch like johnny depp being awkward with these scissor hands like when they take him to school and he makes like the paper like holding hands cutouts when he tries land on that waterbed and when he cuts all of the like women and hair in the town i just think it's a lot of fun i like edward scissor hands a lot alden what, what do you think here man out of what's left that i've seen and what's left i've seen most of edward scissors edward scissor hands is the lowest However, I put Sleepy Hollow below it. Um, but I, I would say Edward Scissorhands if everyone else is saying Sleepy Hollow is above it. So what do you feel in your gut, my friend? I'm not a huge fan of Ed- Edward Scissorhands, but I do think it's better than a lot of these uh, other movies that we've placed below it. Not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or Alice in Wonderland. Or Big Fish or Mars Attacks. Edward Scissorhands is better than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, in my opinion. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it definitely fucking is. Oh, oh yeah, that's not even a discussion. <laughs> I have that. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is so high up, dude. Yeah, that's so weird. It's all right. I had Big Fish equally high up, and it got snubbed just as hard. So I'm, I feel you right now, Alden. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that's on me. After we're done with this list, I want Alden's review of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'm, I'm thinking Edward Scissorhands is a better movie. But I, I do think Sleepy Hollow is a more fun movie to watch. I think, therefore, we're going to put Sleepy Hollow here at number eight. Or like Slept on Hollow. Not really. It made our top ten. I don't think it would make a lot of people's top ten. Yeah, I'm surprised it got it this far, to be honest. All right, so number seven we were talking about edward scissorhands for quite a bit there is there any movie that anyone else thinks we should put lower it sounds like i'm the only one that wants to see edward scissorhands go higher so let me just say my next low is peewee's big adventure higher than edward scissorhands left that i have lower that i think i could sell people on going under it is peewee's big adventure i have peewee's big adventure as my number seven so i'm not gonna lose sleep over that at all Talking about peewee's big adventure and edward scissorhands yeah peewee's 
adventure was a little too like weird for me i did i just didn't resonate with the movie like i didn't feel cool watching that you know um <laughs> what it what is cool though is that yeah same actually <laughs> <laughs> the guy who made the clothing line bape like owns the original peewee herman jacket and it's like pretty priceless like yeah that is fucking fire yeah no nah, edward scissorhands is a better movie to me than Pee-wee. So it sounds like Pee Wee's going next. It sounds like Pee Wee's Big Adventure is at number seven. Large one out of ten. Large Marge too scary. All right. So number six, we've been talking about Edward Scissorhands for a while. Is there anything else we feel like belongs here at the number six spot? I'm gonna throw out Batman. No. One. Uh, eighty nine. Okay. The one with the joke. Next lowest personally is Sweeney Todd. I don't have Sweeney Todd much higher, but I I would. Personally, I would like it to go a little higher. I think it's a little slept on. Yeah, so Sweeney Todd is is my number six. And I think as a musical adaptation, uh, I think it's the best Tim Burton has ever handled someone else's intellectual property. This movie's almost elevated from the Broadway musical, in my opinion. The the acting is so good. And it's, it's hard to translate musical theater to screen, especially if you're going to cast like A-list actors or well-known actors in the principal cast instead of relying on actual musical talent. This film delivers in a lot of ways, especially in atmosphere and in the scope of Fleet Street. It feels so much more like a real place and feels so much more like creepy and skin crawly than anything in the the musical. Like you rely on the music too much for atmosphere in the original and Tim Burton's uh, use of, I don't want to say like Dutch angles because that's not true, but they're like, overly wide for what it is and showing this set and showing these different locations yeah well done it really is i think it ups the music at the same time too where i think pretty women is probably the best song of the movie because of the scene and what's happening in the scene between alan rickman's character and johnny depp's character as sweeney todd yeah all that is just so well directed i think it's one of tim burns best like directed movies he was full throttle like this is his vision of this musical I was going to say, for me personally, I felt like I was really along the ride with Sweeney Todd for this one. Like, I felt psychoticness. His psychosis. I felt his, like, psychosis and how, like, insane he was, like, slitting people's necks. And, like, you guys were kind of saying the cinematography really boosts the music. Like, those go so well together. And I just felt like the grunge of the whole movie through Sweeney Todd was like really cool yeah I feel like in comparison to a movie like Edward Scissorhands this is a no contest in my opinion Edward Scissorhands is like my number 10 and Sweeney Todd is my number six but that's not to discredit uh either one of these movies at all but I I think Edward Scissorhands has fought a good battle and it needs to kind of get laid down in the dirt we need to go bury Edward Scissorhands out back you know what I'm saying Sweeney Todd's gonna cut his neck and send him down to make him a meat patty stuff this man up in his castle to make the snow for the town <laughs> weird i just like felt his struggle or felt like the journey a, a lot with him i don't know i was just really tapped in sweeney sweeney todd's a fascinating character because he starts out as a protagonist but then towards the end you're not really cheering for him anymore yeah yeah it's kind of like he starts as like a character you're kind of pulling for and then he turns into like that anti-hero where you're like i'm still pulling for this guy like he's doing a lot of fucked up shit but i still like him and then, like, come the end, he's just, he's straight up the villain of the movie, too. Like, he's the antagonist as well as the protagonist. It gets more interesting and more gross as it goes, which is so cool. All of the movies in my top five have made it. Uh, 
Not all of mine. I think you're alone there, Josh. Oh, no, I'm right there with you. Josh, Josh is together. together. <laughs> together. <laughs> I sacrificed big fish for this to happen. <laughs> you fucking bastard. Josh thinks of these games like games of Mario Party. Um, I'm completely fine with Sweeney Todd going here. I agree. Number five? I just wanted to crack the top five. I think Sweeney Todd's probably the uh, safest take here. I wish I could say the same, but we can't fix Big Fish being at number 14. Yeah, that was wild. You want to just claim it as a uh, typo and switch Big Eyes and Big Fish? I would love to, but unfortunately, that's not what the audio dictates, Alden. Anything against uh, Sweeney Todd going at number five, Josh? For me, it was a toss-up between... Todd and Ed Wood. Ed Wood was really cool for me, and that was a super unique movie. I actually think that it should go higher than Sweeney Todd. I'm fine with Sweeney Todd there. I see what you're saying, though. They are kind of similar movies in a, in a weird way, where they're kind of, um, like, Tim Burton really uses his style to elevate stories that could otherwise not be good movies. Yeah, pretty much. I think those are the best examples of movies that probably wouldn't have worked without Tim Burton. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands especially. I can see that that movie's already a little, like, odd in its current form, but in another director's hands, that movie could have just been straight up unwatchable. Top four now. I'm going to say it. I have Batman Returns here. Ooh, I have Batman 89 here. Yeah, Batman's lower for me. I agree with Josh. I have Batman 89 here. Yeah, I think it's time for Batman 89 to go. As much as I love it, it's... You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? You know, you're quoting a line from Batman. Quote me a line from Batman Returns. I saw her first. (laughs) (laughs) You beat me. I was just going to make the case that Batman 89 is a far more iconic movie. And I guess we're talking about Tim Burton movies here. And Returns is definitely more invocative of his style. I think I would have agreed before we saw it at the amc oh baked out of our minds on like a tuesday afternoon yeah we were all high (laughs) not me i am a child of god (laughs) i think nate could persuade me next week in the dc rankings of batman being more iconic but in a tim burn ranking batman returns was really the movie that was like oh shit tim burn really has free reign to do anything and he went he went beyond the source material and just said, fuck it. And I really respect that and really admire that. So that's why, personally, Batman Returns is a little higher higher on my list than Batman 89. I do think that Batman 1989 is the more iconic of uh, Tim Burton's Batman movies. Because Batman Returns has kind of fallen into a weird spot when it comes to that series of Batman movies. Where it's like, okay, 89 was like the first one. So everybody remembers that one. And it had Jack Nicholson's Joker, which is fantastic. And then Returns happened. And then Forever happened. And that was weird. <laughs> and then Batman and Robin happened. And what's happening? I mean, Forever was dope. Personally, I think that it's a far better movie. And a far better Batman movie. And a far better Tim Burton movie. Whoever was like in charge of his makeup definitely made sure he just had like a pound of chapstick on the entire movie, and he was like cursing. <laughs> <laughs> he's from he's from Pennsylvania. It's cold up here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not making fun of it. I respect it. But... <laughs> it's like right after you put on the Carmex, and they're like, "Ready, camera, action, lights, here we go." We ate some of it. You always gotta eat some of it. You just gotta make sure. That Michael Keaton's Batman is chewing on chapstick the whole movie. (laughs) With the costume on. 
You want to get nuts? The movies in our top three are Beetlejuice, Batman Returns, and Ed Wood here. Nate, this is where I'm with you. Batman Returns, I think, should be number three. Personally, Ed Wood is my number three. Beetlejuice is my number three. Ed Wood would also be my number three. So I wouldn't put Ed Wood below both of these movies, if I'm being completely honest. I, I think I think Ed Wood really was Tim Burton's most mature movie to date. And I don't mean to discredit the uh, whimsical side of his filmography that I do really enjoy, but him doing a story like based on real life and uh, about a really zany filmmaker that I think he relates to in a lot of ways is probably the most autobiographical film he's ever made too. I mean, I know Tim Burton isn't or wasn't a transvestite, but I think he related to ed wood a lot as an individual and the amount of heart and care that gets put into telling a real person's life story as well as having these incredible ensemble characters that are all also based off of people that showed up in ed wood's movies i think ed wood is is the best of tim burton's filmography i do think that it's not the most invocative or provocative of his style but i do think it is the best movie he has made hands down. And I think it has the best characters through and through. Even if you don't relate to Ed Wood because you think he's too zany or weird, you can you know someone in your life like Bella Lugosi in this movie, or you've had an encounter with someone like Orson Welles in that movie. I think Ed Wood is a brilliant film, especially for anyone who is making art or who gives a shit about art. And personally, I feel like Batman Returns and Beetlejuice are oddly too similar of movies to both overthrow something like Ed Wood. I think Ed Wood is not only the best movie on this ranking. I think it's one of the most it's one of the best movies made about filmmaking, period, where it's such a, such an interesting character dive. And we've known on this podcast in the series that I love characters and the character of Ed Wood, I think, is one of the best written characters about a real person, possibly ever i think he johnny depp does it amazingly and i think tim burden directs it so well and that is tim burden to a t where he puts you in this world and you still find connections with it no matter how goofy or how outlandish it is that ed wood is just the perfect tim burden movie to me i was just gonna say i feel like i kind of jumped on the nostalgia factor on choosing batman over that one but after hearing what you guys liked about it that made me remember that, that's just facts i like edward is definitely like the better movie i like deadwood um personally the way that i feel about it what you guys are saying about like anybody can relate to all the characters in these movies personally i can't so i can't really what what don't really relate with any of the characters in this movie i'm sorry i don't know anybody like these people Jory, you went you majored in a film degree and you're not doing much right now in that degree <laughs> you don't relate to that <laughs> No, I don't relate to that. These guys are still trying. What am I doing? <laughs> I feel like that's fair to say. I didn't mean to out you like that, but... I mean, it's true. It's fair, completely. I mean, I agree where all of you are coming from, and I can understand why you guys personally like this movie a lot more, but just because that's just not my hustle, I just can't. A Batman movie's probably winning next week. <laughs> I don't care about next week. This game, this isn't Mario Party to me, Josh. I'm just going off my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm with Jory on this. I, I care about this on a on a on an episode to episode basis. And what I really care about here is a Tim Burton list. And to me, saying that Batman Returns is the best thing that Tim Burton has contributed to the film industry is a fucking joke. 
Yeah, Batman yeah. Returns isn't even as good of a Batman movie as Batman. I just think Batman Returns is a very good comic book adaptation. Of what? It's not my number one. Don't worry about that. But, you, but you're saying it's better than Ed Wood, and I just, I can't. I'm saying I, I'm saying I like it better than Ed Wood. Alden, what's your take here? Uh, so for Edward, I've kind of had to go off everything that you guys have said about it. Everything you have said about it, I'm putting it at above Batman Returns without a doubt. You guys are right. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that I prefer Batman Returns to Edward. It's perfectly fine having Batman Returns at number three here. We're moving into our top two, and I think this is going to be an interesting discussion here. We've got Beetlejuice versus Ed Wood for the best tim burton movie we haven't really talked about beetlejuice no i mean it's i think it's definitively one of tim burton's s tier movies whether you love tim burton or not i think you have to acknowledge the powerhouse in his filmography that is beetlejuice if you don't like if you don't like edward scissorhands there's beetlejuice it's funnier it's lighter hearted if you think that peewee's big adventure is too lighthearted, well then you have something that's a little bit more uh, dark and atmospheric in this. I I don't know. I feel like I feel like Beetlejuice is definitely his most iconic movie. Yeah, I agree completely. And I know in the last argument we kind of went the feeling that like it might that Edward might not be the most evocative of his style or his most iconic movie, but we think it's better. I personally have to go with Beetlejuice here just because, like I was saying earlier, I think I mentioned with Edward Scissorhands that when I think Tim Burton movies, that's what I think of. Beetlejuice is the first movie that I think of when I think Tim Burton and his style. You're placing it at number two? No, I'm placing it at number one. Uh, which one do you think is better? No one ever changed my mind that Beetlejuice is the best Tim Burton movie because per that's my favorite movie, first of all. But I just think, like you guys were saying, Beetlejuice is the most iconic Tim Burton film. Like, that movie was all over the internet. It was all over Tumblr. It was all over MySpace. It was all over, like, any... Like, every kid wanted to be a part well i'm like exaggerating but every kid wanted to be a part of that movie or like wanted to have something to do with the aesthetic of that film like um miniature buildings i thought that was really cool how they're like remaking towns and whole like after death thing when they die in like the creepy hallway like all of the sets in that movie all of the lighting and like the costumes visually that movie was 10 out of 10 for me and then also like characters like Lenoa Ryder I think that was her name like she was just a she was a sweetheart in the film and it's like the parents really just had like a real heartfelt connection with her because they felt like needed to look after this girl and it's like oh my god this is like amazing and you just like here comes Beetlejuice out of nowhere he's like some fucking weird ass dude and causing mayhem and I don't know it just really tied everything together to me that movie had like all the elements I think it's definitely Michael Keaton's most uh, transformative role, at least. Like, I still remember when I first found out, I was like, that was fucking Michael Keaton. <laughs> the the pinstripe suits on Beetlejuice and the worms were insane. And then, like, this alternate round where the worms are going in the desert. Is this an original movie? Is this based off of anything? Like, what is it? No, it's an all-original movie. Yeah, dude, like that. It was. I think it was written by two other people, but it was Tim Burton's vision. That's why it can't be beat in my head because it's completely original. Like I have a, a huge painting of it in my room now, which is cool. Yeah, that's that's me. I don't know. I respect what you guys are saying a lot. And I guess this is subjective. For me, Ed Wood is a lot more of a moving film. And I, I do agree with what you're saying, Colors, that like the fact that the parents feel they need to look after this you know, teenage girl is, is very heartfelt. And I do think that her character and um michael keaton as beetlejuice 
are really great characters. Ed Wood thrives in being a character study of Ed Wood, but you get the taste of so many other people's lives. Like the two camera guys that follow him around through like 10 years of him making garbage ass movies, but they're like, oh, we're here for the like the job. And then you've got Bella Lugosi who has sad and beautiful arcs of any celebrity in a movie ever. I mean, he was the first celebrity to publicly in, in, go into rehab. He was one of the first movie stars 40 years later after his career's all dried up the dude's a heroin addict and that's just a subplot of this movie you learn and sympathize with ed wood a lot because of how much he cared about bella lugosi and the fact that it's all surrounding the making of plan nine from outer space which when ed wood was released was considered to be one of the worst movies of all time pre the the cult rise of troll 2 this is before the uh the phenomenon that is the room ed wood delivers on hitting beats of nostalgia for anyone who grew up ironically loving plan nine from outer space which is one of the first giant guilty pleasure movies but it also delivers an incredibly heart-touching story with multiple arcs going on that are extremely emotionally moving through these characters and to me beetlejuice is a lot of fun but it's like riding a roller coaster. You get off of it, and sure, you might want to ride it a couple more times, but it's not something that's going to change your life. Was Beetlejuice your number two? Mm, it was close. It was my uh, it was my number four. Big Eyes was your number two, right? No, fucking Big Eyes was nowhere near my top five. Uh, Big Fish. Yeah, Big Fish was my number two, and then I had Batman at number three. I like Beetlejuice more as a movie to watch than both Big Fish and Batman. As you can tell, I'm a sucker for emotional arcs in movies, and I tear up every time I watch Big Fish. And with Batman, I think that is historically one of the most significant movies tim burton has ever put out i don't think it's one that's worth going back to year after year like beetlejuice or like edward for me but i i mean this is kind of how i feel about tim burton as a filmmaker i don't even like i can't even argue that like beetlejuice is a better movie than edward because like you were just saying like it's definitely more emotionally moving and like the fact that it does have all those different works through these different characters lives is like pretty insane yeah but i also respect with what you're saying though is that beetlejuice does something really wonderful and fantastical without any source material i i agree with what you're saying i mean i genuinely think these are the two best movies that tim burton has made so i want to hear other people's inputs so what's going to be tough about this is that i'm sure we have two for beetlejuice and jory and josh and then we'll probably have two of us for Ed Wood. And what sucks about the situation right now is that I know Alden has not seen Ed Wood. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, but you guys are making really good arguments for it. I'm having a hard time with this. If I wasn't the way that I was and just refused to change my mind. <laughs> I think Ed Wood might be one of the movies I've seen the most. It's up there with David Fincher's Zodiac. Beetlejuice is also one that I've seen a lot. And I do think I have way more nostalgia for Beetlejuice because it's one of my dad's favorite movies as well. So I remember watching that with him all the time as a little kid. Every time I go back and watch Ed Wood, there's something I appreciate more. Whereas I feel the same consistent joy every time I watch Beetlejuice. It's not like Ed Wood is an incredibly like rich film. I mean, it's got great cinematography and it has a lot of uh, fun homages to the 50s schlock drive-in theater kind of movie experience but it doesn't have it doesn't have a ton of the tim burton isms in it that i do understand as being why people love his movies 
I think a lot of people that would consider themselves Tim Burton fans haven't even seen Ed Wood. That's a huge fact. Yeah, Alden. That's why. That's another reason why. I don't claim to be a huge Tim Burton fan, though. Making fun of you because you didn't watch it, and Josh bullied me for a week about watching it, and I did today. I just feel like if you haven't watched Ed Wood, you're making this ranking. Like, I, it's it's a clown ranking. I'm sorry. Like, Ed... So sacrificing big fish, but whatever. We're all dickheads. Yeah, come on, Jitachi. Like, your argument about other people making clown rankings went out the door when you did that. I mean, Nate called me a clown, so I had the rebuttal. Sorry. So you became a clown. <laughs> We're all clowns. Jory established it in the DreamWorks video. You're awful, Nate. You brought me on Duel of the Takes just to make fun of me. So that being said, it does sound like there is a two-to-two two currently. Alden, we are waiting on your vote. Bill Murray's really funny in Ed Wood. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> Bill Murray steals a lot of scenes in this movie. It's Ed Wood. I was just going to say, this was in an era where like Bill Murray was making some really shitty movies, and then he just was a supporting character in Ed Wood, and he was one of the best parts of it. This was uh, the year after Groundhog Day. Come on, Josh, what are you talking about? Are we going to do a Bill Murray ranking list? <laughs> Garfield number one. I know, I know Josh's hot take is going to be Tale of Two Kitties over the original Garfield. Yeah. My hot take is I cannot care about either of the Garfield movies. I'm so sorry, guy. Tale of Two Kitties, I just watched more as a kid. Spanier, which Garfield movie do you like better? Dude, it's funny you brought up Garfield because I haven't, like, I forgot that existed. And for some reason, when I think of Garfield, I think of Inspector Gadget. So, inspect, wait a second. So, Inspector Gadget one is number one on the Tim Burton list. <laughs> Ed Wood doesn't even make the list. So, uh, to answer that question, I forgot about Garfield and I remembered Inspector Gadget. Alright, so Alden said Ed Wood. Bill Murray just I don't know. That doesn't actually push me over. I think I missed a boat on, on Beetlejuice when I was younger. And when I went back to watch it, probably mid-teens, I don't know. I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, so, just with that perspective, what you guys have said about Ed Wood, I'm, I'm going to put that on top. Well, Alden, where did you have Beetlejuice on your list? It's still top 10. I had it at number eight. Alden, I really need to hear your list. <laughs> I think if I watched the movies on this that I haven't seen, there's only six, then my list would be very different. Honestly, I think if Alden watched Ed Wood, he would have it at like number 14. <laughs> We're on a movie podcast. Maybe we should watch movies. I've seen every movie we've talked about on this show, except maybe one or two. Josh, I'm sorry. I have a job. Jory, you had a week. Oh, shit. I don't have time to do this all week. You watched Megamind and decided you're not going to watch anything else from DreamWorks, and you're telling us to watch movies now? You have no room to talk here. Okay, but Ed Wood and the entire DreamWorks, like, 2010's filmography is no comparison. I watched Ed Wood, so this is against all the I did watch Ed Wood. What are you talking about? But you were told to watch it. I was not. I just had to catch up. Jory, I, unload I unloaded a 40-foot truck the other day. Josh, I unload a 40-foot truck every day. <laughs> Congrats, I guess. Okay, so don't bring up the one time that you did it. I don't have the time to do all of this. I watched the movie you wanted me to watch. Weren't you watching the SpongeBob SquarePants movie right before this recording? <laughs> Yes, I was. I was hanging out with my girlfriend, Josh. Another thing that you don't do. <laughs> and you keep telling me, and you keep telling me to watch the shitty anime every. I haven't told you to do that for a month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Because you know I'm done. JoJo sucks. Yeah, exactly. And I stopped asking. <laughs> wait, 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 guys, guys, guys. Have you seen JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? It's a pretty well beloved anime. I, I bro, I looked at what it looks like and I said no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we read our group list and kill each other, apparently, do we? Uh, does everyone want to read their personal list? I don't. Alden, you have to. If anybody's personal list is sought after, it's yours. Number nineteen, Miss Peregrine. Miss Peregrine. Is that how you fucking pronounce it? Number eighteen, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Number seventeen, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Number sixteen, Alice in Wonderland. Number fifteen, Frankenweenie. Number 14, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Number 13, Corpse Bride. Number 12, Dumbo. Number 11, Dark Shadows. Number 10, Big Fish. Number 9, Edward Scissors Hands. Number 8, Sleepy Hollow. Number 7, Big Eyes. Number 6, Mars Attacks. Number 5, Sweeney Todd. Number 4, Batman 89. Number 3, Batman Returns. Number 2, Beetlejuice. And number 1, Edward. Did you fucking pull Big Fish out of your top 10 to hurt me, Josh? Yeah, I did. Josh is just a bully today. <laughs> what the fuck did you do that for? I wanted Corpse Bride to go up for our guest. Number 19, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Number 18, Planet of the Apes. Number 17, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Number 16, Dumbo. Number 15, Dark Shadows. Number 14, Alice in Wonderland. Number 13, Corpse Bride. Number 12, Big Eyes. Number 11, Frankenweenie. Number 10, Edward Scissorhands. Number 9, Sleepy Hollow. Number 8, Mars Attacks. Number 7, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Number 6, Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Number 5, Batman Returns. Number 4, Beetlejuice. Number 3, Batman. Number 2, Big Fish. And number 1, Ed Wood. Number 19, Miss Peregrine. Or Green, whatever. Number... 18, Planet of the Apes. Number 17, Dark Shadows. Number 16, Corpse Bride. Number 15, Dumbo. Number 14, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Number 13, Pee Wee. Number 12, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Number 11, Big Eyes. Number 10, Sleepy Hollow. Number 9, Frankenweenie. Number 8, Big Fish. Number 7, Mars Attacks. Number 6, Alice in Wonderland. Number 5, Ed Wood. Number four, Batman. Number three, Edward Scissorhands. Number two, Batman Returns. Number one, Beetlejuice. 19, Dumbo. 18, Planet of the Apes. 17, Peculiar Children. 16, Big Eyes. 15, Dark Shadows. 14, Big Fish. 13, Mars Attacks. 12, Sleepy Hollow. 11, Sweeney Todd. 10, Edward Scissorhands. 9, Batman. Uh, 8, Beetlejuice, 7, Corpse Bride, 6, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, 5, Ed Wood, 4, Frankenweenie, 3, Alice in Wonderland, 2, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and 1, Batman Returns. Oh, whoa. Hey, colleagues, you, were you able to throw together a list as you were nominating things? I didn't make an official list, but what I will say is that Alden pretty much had my 19 through 11. It was very similar with Josh's top five. Sir, I wasn't the biggest Batman Returns fan on this list, apparently. Wait, where'd you have Batman Returns? I had it at number two. Alden had it at number one. 
I guess I'm the biggest the biggest big fish fan on this list, seeing as how I put it at number two, and one of us put it at 14, and someone pulled it out of their top 10. Nate, I'm sorry, I got confused and watched the SpongeBob movie instead of Big Fish. Big Fish was a little too emotional for me, but I could see, like, it's definitely good. And kind of adding that fantasy element to the the death of a loved one is something that I think is is really beautiful. But I do agree that it, it can be a little overly sappy at times have to rewatch it uh, i guess not it's number 14 on our list so i think people are gonna go to see frank and weenie <laughs> before they rewatch that now yeah i have to watch frank and weenie too right after I watch- i'm gonna go eat some frank and weenies I'll watch that right after i watch street <laughs> <laughs> street <laughs> So these are the uh, top 19 Tim Burton movies. Number 19, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Number 18, Planet of the Apes. Number 17, Dumbo. Number 16, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Number 15, Dark Shadows. Number 14, Big Fish. Number 13, Corpse Bride. Number 12, Mars Attacks. Number 11, Frankenweenie. Number 10, Big Eyes. Number 9, Alice in Wonderland. Number 8, Sleepy Hollow. Number 7, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Number 6, Edward Scissorhands. Number 5, Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Number 4, Batman. Number 3, Batman Returns. Number 2, Beetlejuice. And number 1, Ed Wood. It was certainly something. I really love the part where Josh and Jory went at each other's throats. Let's see how much of that makes the video. <laughs> None of it. <laughs> I feel like this list was kind of out of pocket in certain places, but... This list was very out of pocket. I need to watch Big Fish and Ed Wood. Uh, Colors has seen a lot of our videos. He's always commenting and, and clowning, on, uh, clowning on us in the comments. Uh, what's been your favorite episode so far, Colors? Oh, God, dude. I feel like... I hope, like, what I comment on what i say doesn't i'm not trying to like post the podcast or anything like i'm like laughing my ass off every time i comment and watch my feelings are very hurt about all of your comments (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe it's because well it probably is just because i know you guys personally i kind of miss just like sitting on the couch or playing uh switch and shit and talking about movies yeah oh that was wholesome that was very wholesome. Maybe once COVID is over and we're all finally back together, we can think about doing something like that. But honestly, I don't know. Like, I really love that PlayStation exclusive video. Our worst video, Josh. <laughs> Our worst episode, according to me. I per- Like, I don't watch a ton of movies, you know, but I played a bunch of PlayStation. Have you played a lot of Star Wars video games? Because we're thinking about that being our next episode. All of the Lego games. And I played... Um, a Battlefront one when I was in the Nickelodeon hotel, I got hooked on it, and then I bought it when I got home. Hell yeah, that's Star Wars Battlefront 2, my guy. That's the original PlayStation LucasArts classic. Yeah, that one was awesome. Star Wars Battlefront 2 in the Nickelodeon hotel sounds like a vibe. <laughs> Best times I've ever had. I wanted to go to the Nickelodeon hotel so bad when I was a kid. Spanier, how was your time there? Besides playing uh, Battlefront. I definitely didn't get slimed, but all I remember is like, well, there was no poop in the pool. Like, I don't know. Dude, I avoided all that. I avoided all of that stuff, thankfully. That's a good time, at least. I remember it being like, it captivated Nickelodeon perfectly. Like, I was like, oh shit, I'm on the show. Like, I felt cool. I think Cartoon Network just built a new hotel, too. Yeah, but does it have like Steven Universe shit in it? 
I think it's like mainly Adventure Time color schemes. Dude, I can't wait till we get to a Cartoon Network show ranking. I'm going to have to catch up on so much media. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so before we go, Alden, why why do you have so much love for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? This is all nostalgia. Did you watch the original before the reboot? Uh, I'm pretty sure I did, but I wasn't paying attention when I was younger. So when I finally got around to watching this one, I actually got it for my birthday. I don't remember what age, but my grandpa, I believe, gave me the DVD. And it was probably my second most watched movie as a kid. Is that the, uh, the new one or the original you're talking about? The new one. Yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I watched all the time and I've only seen the original like, 30 times have you rewatched it since we've like talked about it as often as we have because i feel like it comes up like almost every episode at this point i i mean i rewatched it not long ago i was over at hayden's and um his mom was watching it so i watched it too and it's good but i still prefer charlie and the chocolate factory it definitely doesn't have as much redeeming qualities as i thought it did the original has a lot of dry humor that i didn't realize as a kid and i think that that's really funny now gene wilder just being a dick to kids Nate, did you, like, think yourself out of uh, Grandpa Joe being a good person? Um, well, I never thought Grandpa Joe was a good person, and that's something I really want to stand by. But I did think it was by design that he was a dickhead. And I think, it, I mean, he serves as the antagonist of that movie upon a rewatch. Who else is a villain? I mean, you've got Slugworth, maybe, but he's like a cop-out fake villain. Wonka provides the most antagonizing force, but he's also the hero of the movie. So... I don't know. I feel like Grandpa Joe is supposed to be kind of a dickhead. He's supposed to represent the greediness and the uh, selfishness that Charlie should feel. And obviously that's what a lot of the other kids are supposed to represent. But the difference is that's a character that's close to Charlie and someone that he still loves. Okay, I gotcha. Should we say goodbye to Craig eventually? <laughs> Thank you everyone for watching the Duel of the Takes podcast. Or if you've been watching this on YouTube, Leave a comment below. Let us know what your favorite Tim Burton movie is. Was it in our top five? Did we really fold if you're a Dark Shadows fan? I apologize if we did. Do you also like Big Fish? <laughs> I saw her first. <laughs> nice fucking model. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Duel of the Takes podcast. Next week's topic of discussion will be a ranking-style challenge where we will be ranking every movie based off of a DC comic. If you want to check out our YouTube video on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Nathaniel R. Martin. And as always, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.